So we're holding my Malach Malaf at Perak Yedali Pasak Tezvav. This year we started as a Schosi Linishma, Sechaskal Shraga Ben Avram Yehuda, Shosvi Schosi Linishma, Sebechil Mechabanasha, Moish Ben Daniel, Chaim Elaz Ben Shimshanai, Nasta Tzerobasichaskal, as well as a Schos for Shlem of Chaim Moish Shoba Malka, Chaim Dov Ben Rachel. So we saw previously that uh, Achia is giving the Nevuah to Yeravam's wife about the punishments that are coming to Yeravam, that his family is going to be wiped out because of the sins of Yeravam. And I just want to go back to the Micha Katana who says a very beautiful pshat in the punishment here. Yeravam made the Agolim because he was concerned that if his people went up to the Euler Regel and they saw Rechavam sitting in the Chatzar of the Beis Hamikdash and Yeravam standing, they would kill Yeravam and go back to following Rechavam, even though Hashem promised Yeravam that he would be the Melech over the Ten Shvatim, but he was still worried that he might lose that covet, he might lose that status, and he might be killed, and his basically his his family end, his line ended. So Hashem says to him, Mida Kenegad Mida, your family line is going to end despite the fact that you built the Agolim. And it's not going to come from where you were afraid it was going to come from, it's not going to come from a Malchi Yehuda killing you out, but it's going to come from within you, from one of the Ten Shvatim, someone's going to come from your own backyard and kill you. And that is the Mida connected Mida. You try to save your own skin and your family's skin. And Hashem is going to show you that you're going to be wiped out anyway. Pasuk Tazvav now, Achia now turns to the Nevuah that's coming, the punishment that's coming to the Ten Shvatim themselves. Vihiko Hashem as Yisrael, Hashem is going to hit Kla Yisrael. Kasha Yonud HaKonebamayim, like a reed, a a string, long string of grass that grows in the water, and as the water flows, this grass, this reed, gets blown back and forth. It gets whipped around. So Klai Yisrael is going to be uprooted from this abundant land that was given to their forefathers. They'll be sent to the other side of the river, either the Euphrates River, according to Targum, or the River Kush, according to Radak. Basically, they're going to Bavel which is on the other side of one of these rivers. Yan Asher Asu Asashirehem, because they made their Asherah trees, their Avodazara, Machisim Asashem, which angered Hashem. The Malbim explains that the Pazik is telling us that the sins of Klai Yisrael are not going to end with Yeravam's house, that even when Yeravam's house is out of the picture, the Klai Yisrael is going to sink even further, because at least when Yeravam made the calves, it was supposed to be an intermediary between Hashem and Klai Yisrael, but it was to serve Hashem. Klai Yisrael is going to sink even lower, and they're going to introduce actual Avodah and therefore they're going to fall even further than Yeravam had brought them. Malbim says that Pasuk Tezvav is referring to multiple punishments that are going to befall the kingdom of Yisrael. First of all, the Hiko Hashem, that they're going to be hit in the days of Chazoyal, Aram is going to attack the kingdom of Yisrael. Secondly, Venosashas Yisrael, they'll be uprooted. That is, in the days of Pekach, the king of Asher is going to come. Uh, um, Tiglas Peleser is going to come. We'll see him in Malachim Beis, and he's going to exile the two and a half Shvatim. And then finally, Zera Me'evar Lanohar is the remaining Shvatim in the days of Hoshea ben Elah, when Sancheirev comes and exiles all of them to Asher. Malbim explains the end of the Pasuk, Yan Asher Asu Asashereihem Vayumachisim Asashem, that when they made their Asherayim, their Ash, uh, their um, Asherah trees, that that avaydazara angered Hashem, because the the ten shvatim could tie it like this. They could say, listen, the fact that the agalim were put up and we weren't allowed to go to the Euler Regal, that's Yeravim's fault. Like we were anusim, we were forced, we were prevented. So what could we do? So for that, they couldn't necessarily be punished. But when they go on their own and now add Asherah, now add Avaydazara, so Yeravim didn't force that on them, that shows that all along they really were consenting to all the changes Yeravim made and they went along with it. So at that point, not only did they get punished for introducing Asherah, but Mikochatos Yeravim, all of the sins of Yeravim at that point rear their head and they get punished for it all at that time as well.
And that's what the next Pasuk means, Pasuk Tezayin, V'yitein as Yisrael, Beglal Chata Yisrael, Vamashachot, Vamashachti as Yisrael. That this, this curse is going to befall Kla Yisrael for the sins of, because of the sins of Yeravam, that he sinned and caused Kla Yisrael to sin. Meaning at that time when they show that they go further and do worse than Yeravam himself did, so then they get punished for everything at once, both for their own sins as well as for the sins that they did during the days of Yeravam that they showed that they were willing participants in that as well. The art scroll points out that it's always referred to as Chatois Yeravam because at the end of the day, he was the initial instigator. So even if Klai Yisrael would do far worse than he, in, than he introduced or that he intended, but at the end of the day, because he started this, he started the ball rolling, he's responsible for everything that came after, and therefore it's always referred to as Chatois Yeravam. We'll see all the kings are always uh, considered following in the path of Chatois Yeravam. He started the path and therefore he continues to be blamed for it. In this Pasuk, we see that in, in Pasuk Tezvav, we see that the Golos and the Tsaras that are coming to Klai Yisrael, Klai Yisrael is compared to a reed that's being thrown about and thrashed about in the stream, being pushed from all sides. Gemara and Sanhedrin on the Kofeo Medbeis find some comfort, some uh, nechama in Achia's use of this metaphor of the reed, because a reed is very flexible. Winds, when they blow in the water, don't uproot it. Yes, it bends. Yes, it gets pushed around. But as soon as the wind stops blowing, the reed pops right back up. It looks very flimsy, but really it's very durable and resilient. It gets pushed around, but at the end of the day, it always gets back up. And that's the same for Klai Yisrael, that even though we might be thrashed around in Gullus and being thrown from one country to another, but we're never completely destroyed, we always find a way to pick ourselves up and to... Um, to thrive in a new community, in a new area. The Gemara then continues that a person should rather have the stings of someone who loves him than the blessing of someone who hates him. And the Gemara compares or contrasts the bracha that Bilam gave us to the curse, seeming curse here, that Achia gave us. Because Achia compares us to a reed. A reed, if it's cut, it grows back. Winds cannot knock it over. It's durable and it keeps popping back up. Bilam, however, when he blessed us, compared us to a cedar. Now, a cedar tree, which doesn't grow near water, when you cut it down, it doesn't regrow. It has very few roots. And although a strong wind doesn't necessarily uproot it, but once the south wind can come and knock it down, and it will not get back up. Mara adds also that the reed has an advantage over a cedar that it can be used to write Tanakh. Sifrei Tanakh can be written with a reed. Kisei Nachan says that Klai Yisrael was punished Mida Keneged Mida. They followed their leaders, and whichever way their leaders went, they acted the same way. Like a reed, if they had a good leader, they did good too. If they had an evil king, then they did also evil what was eyes in Hashem. They always followed their leader like a reed, that constantly, whichever direction, direction the wind blows in, that's how the reed leans. So therefore, they would be like a reed. However, it's still a bracha, because the wind doesn't uproot it. Yes, it gets thrown around, thrashed around, but ultimately, it gets back up. So to Klai Yisrael, although they may have temporarily swayed in the direction of a king, and they are punished, but ultimately, the roots stay strong, and they are able to get back up, no matter what, what the punishment is. Mara and Tainus adds that although it seemed like a curse, Achia's comparing Klai Yisrael to a reed was really a bracha. Because by embarrassing Klai Yisrael and breaking their gaiva, he softened them and he made them like a reed. Chazal state that a person should always be soft like a reed and not stiff, meaning not haughty and, and obstinate like a cedar. So Achia was giving them toichacha to break their gaiva and in that way bring them closer to Hashem. Soften your hearts, and then you'll be able to do tshuva. Bilam, on the other hand, pray, praised Klai Yisrael for their strength. 
which can cause them to be gaiva, which always stops a person from growing. And that's exactly what happened because right after Bilam leaves, what happened? Klaisrol sinned in Shittim. Bilam gave us a reason to have gaiva so that ultimately we would come to sin with the Benais Mayav, which is exactly what happened. And this is what the Gemara means when it says that Achia's curse was more beneficial to us than the blessing that Bilam gave us.